Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Parr. So Adam is currently the head of performance at Charlotte FC, which is a major league soccer team in the USA. And at Charlotte, he's been recently tasked with building an entire gym from scratch. So who better today to discuss how you can design a new facility than Adam? So without further ado, it's time to welcome Adam onto the show. So Adam, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Matt, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. So can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Adam Parr. I'm currently the head of performance at Charlotte FC, which is in Major League Soccer. Uh, my journey starts got 12, 13 years ago uh, when I got out of undergrad. I uh, wound up doing an internship at Core Performance back then, which uh, a lot of people don't realize, but it was Exos before Exos changed its name. It was Core Performance and Athletes Performance um, and kind of found a lot of my methodology there. Uh, was able to basically meet you know, Mark Verstegen, Darcy Norman, some like people who were big names that I didn't realize at the time. Um, and then after that was working in Beverly Hills, that that was out in LA and wound up getting an internship with another major league soccer team, uh, Chivas USA, uh, which no longer exists now and, uh, became kind of the sports science intern there, uh, fell into it. Basically the head strength coach said, I've got this heart rate monitoring program that I've been running with the players, but don't have time to look at the data and make sense of it. So you've got one month to figure it out. And if not, then you can move on. And so I want to be in there for uh, for a year and a half with Jim Liston, uh, which is great. And then after a uh, new owner came in and, and changed the coaching staff, uh, stayed working for him in Pasadena at a performance place and, I had my own performance company in Beverly Hills where I was working with athletes, youth athletes, um, professional college in their off season. And then uh, one kind of getting into a celebrity gym uh, and were, was lucky enough to work alongside uh, Brett Bartholomew for a bit. And also uh, Ben Bruno and a couple of other great strength coaches and wanted to get back in the team setting. And so as I was doing, going back and doing my master's uh, with ACU, for high performance sport, wound up getting in with uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, um, a major league soccer organization. They had a need for a strength coach and sports scientist with their uh, USL, which is the second division affiliate in Reno, Nevada. And basically, we worked it out where I could do my internship capstone for a couple months there and run a department uh, because they didn't have anybody in place. And as long as I didn't screw it up, I was going to get it full time. One of there for a year and a half, which was great because I was able to apply everything I was learning, you know, in my master's the next day. Um, and also, as a lot of people probably know, in lower levels and younger, you know, kind of development ranks, you can try a lot of things out and you don't have the pressure of, you know, needing to win all the time. So that was a lot of fun to be able to do that and wear multiple hats. Um, and so I was the head of uh, strength conditioning and data analytics there. Again, kind of a one man band doing everything. Wound up moving uh, to Minnesota United Major League Soccer. I got, got the call there to go up and be the assistant performance specialist. Uh, I believe a big uh, assist from Darcy Norman, who I became pretty close with, uh, for recommending me there. And went in there and two months into moving across the country, not knowing anybody in Minnesota, it was March of 2020 and COVID. And so everything shut down um, and the league shut down. And so kind of wondering if I was still going to have a job or what was going to happen. And uh, when MLS decided to start the league back up again and do uh, MLS's back tournament in, in a bubble and everything, uh, my boss decided to leave uh, for family reasons and our sports scientists had already left. Uh, so 
I wound up taking over everything on the performance side uh, for the team. And it was initially just going to be through that tournament. And then it wound up being for that whole season. So I was, you know, the, the SNC, the sports scientist, the fitness coach, everything. Um, and then stayed in Minnesota that next year. We brought in someone from Europe to be a high performance director. And uh, that didn't really work out. So about five months into that, um, he was sacked and wound up being back to me taking over everything again. Um, and so have a lot of experience kind of doing everything, which is great. And that led to me getting a call from my current boss, um, who is the director of performance and sports science here, basically for this new project, which is an expansion club in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte FC. He basically said, I need someone who can be both the strength coach and sports scientist, kind of a dual role. Um, and I'm hearing your name a lot and, and let's talk and, and let me tell you about the project. And the more and more we spoke, the more and more I was excited about the opportunity because, um, you know, it's probably pretty unique to the U.S. Uh, that it's a club starting from scratch. You know, there's no history or anything like that. And so it was one of those things where we have the opportunity to go in and kind of set a foundation and, and for a club that's hopefully going to have a, a long longevity. And how do we want to set the foundation for the culture of performance and the performance staff and the department and, you know, just in general and, and build out, you know, the multiple levels between reserve team and academy and all of these things. And, so it was, it, at the end of the day, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up. So I came here as the performance specialist last year. And then four months into our, our season last year, our head coach and his fitness, head fitness coach were, were let go a few, along with a few other coaches. And so I wound up kind of taking over everything again in the performance realm for a while. And so we could bring somebody else on. And, um, and now this year I've been promoted to head of performance and kind of overseeing things with the club on a, on a more of a global scale, but also directly first team stuff on a day-to-day -day basis so you, you got it you got it pretty busy right like you're doing a lot of stuff yeah. um and in, in a team which uh we, weirdly because obviously in in for example europe and that kind of thing is it's very traditional it's a lot more right this club's been there for 100 years and it has yeah. history and culture and you kind of come in and you're like right this is brand new um i imagine all the facilities are also brand new we're gonna we're gonna touch on the, the gym later but um what like how do you go about building that performance team completely from scratch with zero culture, zero history, nothing going on? And you've just got to be like, right, magic that out of thin air. Yeah, I think it's, you know, all of us would say, as I was driving down here, um, I had a lot of thoughts in my head of, you know, envisioning how this is going to work and everything. And um, the, the one thing that was one of the biggest surprises and I guess challenges and looking back on it, it makes sense is, you know, not only for myself and the rest of our staff, where we all brand new to each other, you know, aside from one of our physios I'd worked with for a few years, um, but all of the players were brand new to each other too. You know, none of them had ever really played. So we had 30 brand new players who were all trying to get to know each other. So a lot of them had never played in MLS before. So getting to know the league and how things work and operate and the travel schedule and, and all sorts of stuff. And then getting to know us as a staff and, you know, how do we build trust with them and build buy-in uh, but also push them in the direction that we need from a performance standpoint. And so I think for, for us, we had a lot of grand plans and then it came down to really what it was, was pushing the envelope as far as how can we, how can we really achieve buy-in from a lot of players and, and, and almost micro dose them along the way to gradually drip things in so that they start to realize that, you know, what we're doing is, is for their good. Um, and then that they can come in in our environment, whether it's uh, the performance of the medical space or, or safe spaces, 
and that they can trust us and that we have their best intention in mind. And then once they started buying and started realizing, and, and, and a lot of them were impressed with the quality of what we were doing compared to places that they'd been in Europe and South America and, you know, um, that we weren't just a bunch of Americans that didn't know what we were doing. I think that wound up translating and, and it was easier for us to start saying, okay, no, this is what we want to do. These are the standards that we have. Here's how we're going to you know, go about this and just kind of build on this initial foundation so that as the season went on, we became more and more a, a, a fine tuned machine and, and players were really, you know, all kind of rowing the boat in the same direction. And, and that showed towards the end of the season when we went on a really, really good run and, and, you know, I think we were eliminated from the playoffs the last week of the season. And so um, for an expansion team that had fired his coach four months in and everything, I think it was it, it wound up serving us well that we had a good foundation and knew what we wanted to do. And uh, it was all about the athletes and just getting the buy in and, and making sure that our team from the high performance standpoint was kind of locked in and had the same message to everyone, whether it was uh, players, coaches, front office, anything like this is how we're going to do things. And this is how we move out forward. And how, how do you then go about like making that structure? So you've let's, uh, let, let's assume that you've got given us stuff because obviously maybe you get to select your stuff, but let's assume you, you've got them already, but how do you then make a structure which allows them to perform optimally? So I think for me, in a lot of discussions with, with my boss, um, we had a lot of discussions on like, what, what do we want to do for performance department and structure? What's the vision, right? And, you know, these are grandiose terms and thoughts, but it was really okay. Like, what does the structure look like? Kind of who reports to who, but also who is responsible? What are the roles and responsibilities? And one of the things that was new and fun for me was, I, I like I said before, I'd always kind of done things one man show at a time uh, a lot of different places i've been at lower levels and obviously here in, in mls as well so for me it was exciting to say okay what areas can be upskilled you know like i've always handled this this and this what what are the things that i'm very passionate about but also what are some areas that yeah i'm you know i can be a terrific uh, strength coach in the gym and everything but is are there other people out there who are even better than i am right they can they can add even more value than i can you know, they can go deeper on all of this. They can go deeper on potentially testing, you know, our performance readiness testing, like thing. It, what can we think about where, you know, we have everybody who fit in the department structure, but there are certain roles and responsibilities that kind of have a focus of this and then a focus of here. And then collectively the three, four five of us, you know, really balance each other out so that we are working um, as a cohesive unit and not leaving any stones unturned. And I think that was kind of where we started of, you know, what are the what are the specific roles and responsibilities that we really want to make sure we have um, set in stone? And then what are the other aspects that we can kind of all share? And once we did that, it was really easy to start, I guess, kind of coming up with the with the pyramid structure or whatever you want to call it. Of You know, how is this going to work? Who is going to report to who? Like and then how how does this work in conjunction with the medical side as one large high performance you know unit for the most part? And I think that starting point is what really really helps just knowing what the vision is and who like what you want to cover because we don't have a we have a great budget but we can't hire 10 different people all at once right if we can only have one or two or three what are the biggest rocks that we can address that are going to probably have the most effect on our players keeping them healthy fit and performing at a high level absolutely excellent and one of those elements is obviously getting in the gym and yeah working hard getting strong getting fast so 
you got to design your own gym, which is just a super luxury position, obviously. And not many people get to do that. But I think a lot of people who are listening would love that opportunity. And they can definitely take some inspiration from someone who's just gone through the whole process of designing that from scratch. So how did you do that? Yeah, I think, I mean, that that was another, again, one of the things that really attracted me, like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, we... The club currently works out of the stadium where we play, which is the same place where the Carolina Panthers and the NFL play. Um, and they, they designed a whole area here and, and kind of a, a good makeshift gym here for us to be training out of for the past year. Uh, but we drive 20 minutes to our, to a training pitch every day, um, because the, the pitch here is turf. So we don't want to be training on that all the time. And the building where we're actually moving into as our facility is right next to the pitch there. And so, um, from that, it was one of those things that, they said, here's the building. Here's what we're going to do. How do you want to play this out? And so I sat down with, with John, my boss, and we said, okay, what's the square footage? Like, first thing is, what's the size, right? Um, and, and also the layout of it. And obviously, we went to them and said, we want this much, which was an, a, a very large amount because we knew it was going to get cut down. And so we had that understanding ahead of time. And, and I've been lucky to talk to a lot of people around the league who have been able to design newer gyms because there's a lot of new facilities being built in MLS, whether it's new expansion teams or just, you know, existing teams that have built new facilities and ask them, you know, what do they wish they had done differently or what are they, and, and people always came back with, I wish we had more space, right? I wish we had more space. And so we wanted to ask for the moon for space. And so we got about a little bit more than half of what we asked, which I think is still going to be one of the larger ones in MLS, which is fantastic. And once what, we had, what can, we, the, what can we think about there? Like, what is it? I don't know. Like talk, talk in terms what, of, of football pitches, how many, how many parts of a football uh, pitch is it? Because square square feet doesn't doesn't um, make any sense, yeah. right? So, is it a penalty, yeah. you got a penalty area? If you've got half a pitch, what are you looking at? Oh uh, yeah, we probably have got um, about the entire eighteen, and like from extended to the sides, uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, I, again, I don't know the exact square feet on on that, but I know we've got about twenty nine hundred three thousand square feet total, and that includes um, that's just for the gym space, not even physio room, recovery room, hydro room, all this other stuff, which is completely different. So if you put all of that in, um, you know, it's, it's a very large space, which is fantastic for us. And once we knew we had the space locked in, um, then it was kind of, then it was looking at, okay, what's the location. And then what is the flow within the facility? Right. Uh, an important thing for us was we wanted to be connected to the physio room, like no walk around the side of the building, you know, walking through a bunch of doors. We wanted to have, hallway that literally connected physio room is here and then the gym space is here and there's just a hallway that walks from there to there without any doors or anything so that it's it's an easy access because you know our physios here and, and just in general the, the high performance department are very exercise based when it comes to you know rehab you know injury prevention anything like that so we didn't want to have that disconnect um and once we kind of had that set up it was the next part was you know, how does it flow with where's the fueling station at? Where's the locker room at? You know, just how do we want to, you know, put position things within the gym? And then the next part was really um, what do we value? Right. And so I come from, you know, a SNC background and I'm very big on lifting um, and doing, you know, a lot of strength work, but also a lot of power speed, you know. And so how do we want to set that up within within the gym? And for me, the the easiest thing was. Uh, my vision is having almost lifting stations where we want to separate the players, you know, and, and as individualized as we possibly can on their programs, right? Like, because we want everything to be tailored specifically to the athletes, whether it's prehab, post-training, lift, et cetera. 
but can we group three to four athletes together at a time and have them kind of at a lifting station where they are just staying there? And it's, it's kind of a college mentality, I think. Um, and it's a little unique for, for some, uh, footballers. Uh, um, but we wanted to have stations where everything is at their, their disposal. So they don't have to walk from one side of the gym for this and then over here for this. And because right now upstairs, it's like I said, it's kind of a makeshift gym here at the, at the uh, stadium and people can be on top of each other and sharing stuff. And so it, it, that was kind of the, the initial vision was let's get eight lifting stations. So we got, you know, four double half racks from play um, that we're putting in and literally eight stations. So we can break into three or four players at each station. They have everything at their disposal there. Um, and behind, you know, behind the racks, behind the platforms, and everything is, you know, they have the power blocks, they have like all of the accessories either on the rack or right behind them on the wall. So they can just be in there iPad is on on the rack. We use uh, Bridge Athletics, so they can literally just go up to go through their program, enter in all the weights and everything right there. We have an, another one where um, we're getting Perch VBT at every single rack, um, and so then they'll have another you know tablet there for any Perch stuff that they're doing. So again, it's just it's so easy for them to come off the pitch, change into their uh, you know lifting shoes or their runners, and then everything is right in front of them, and they can just go through it quickly, not wasting time, energy, effort. And then they're, you know, on with the rest of their day. And that was kind of the vision that we started with. And then from there, it, would, it, it all kind of fell into place. Like, what else do we want to get? How else do we want to place things? Um, all of our testing equipment, we decided to dedicate an entire testing area in the corner of the gym. So we have our force plates, our Nord board, our force frames. We're going to have um, Dari motion capture so that we can actually look at the way that guys are jumping every time that we do counter movement jumps for readiness testing. We can actually look look at it biomechanically um and then we decide okay what else we want to get that's that's a little bit more um i guess unique and we decided that we wanted to get an altitude chamber and so we're putting one of those in in across from the the testing station um a lot for the rehab process because we don't we only play at at altitude maybe once or twice a year but um you know we on the medical side, a lot of us, we we're really strong about, you know, the adaptations that we can get from that when, when players are returning um, from injury. And so we decided to go with one of those and it just kind of became what else do we want to do that we want to add to, to make it function well. Um, and so we added a recovery room, you know, where the guys can kind of ride off the gym and it's the physio room where they can go and, you know, sit back and basically put on some Normatex and, you know, all the other hyper ice stuff and kind of just lay back and, and relax there you know, after, after training and, I think once we had that vision of the main stuff, all the little things kind of fell into place. And obviously you've got a, a reasonable amount of space, uh, a lot of racks and some amazing technology. Um, have you got like a, th- things like a track, for example, in or around the gym? Is there, is there that option to, to get some running based stuff done too? Yeah. So that's something I, I didn't mention is outside of, so in the gym, we have two uh, roll garage doors that op- that open up, and obviously, like we were talking about earlier, it's it's usually decent weather here in Charlotte, um, pretty warm, so we'll have it open a lot and roll out the bikes on there. But we have um, an entire turf. I want to say it's oh man, uh, meter wise, it's probably about 70, 60 to seventy meters long by about six or seven meters wide. Um, and so, and that's an entire turf thing just right along the side of the building that you walk out from the gym onto that. So we have a ton of room to do all sorts of running based stuff, uh, obviously sled work. <clears throat> and like I said, we can pull out the bikes. We can pull out some of the other cardio respiratory equipment if we want to have it out on there. So it's not, you know, taking up space in the gym and, and the guys can get outside and when, when it's nice and we have an overhanging cover so that they're not 
getting beat by the sun all all day when they're doing that. Absolutely excellent. That's a, that's a massive uh, a massive project. And yeah. what what are your favorite parts of that? What what are the parts that you think? Oh, that's going to really really change the way that we perform as a team. Yeah, I think the main thing for me is just having those kind of dedicated stations. I think will be because the guys that they're great in how they do things now, and obviously we have bridge athletics so all of their lifts are on their phone or on tablets in the gym but like i said upstairs it's a bit of a mishmash of a lot of different things and so guys are on top of each other and you know kind of going from one end to the other to, to do things and so i think it will just change the efficiency of all of our lifts um and, and even allow us to do more kind of pre-training if we want to do more activation type sessions and lifts um but also if we're doing strength and power based stuff afterwards it'll just make it so much more efficient just having those stations. And then I think I'm really excited about the, the, the purge VVT. Like we, you know, I've known about those and I've had them at different places here and there and got to trial them out and, you know, they've come a long way and there's been a lot of good stuff. And I'm just excited for our players to have that at their fingertips um, with the interface and everything. You know, they all play video games so much now that like it, it kind of has that feel and, and for, for them to see how fast they're moving. And when we have specific kind of phases where we want, um, them to be doing a lot of BBT stuff, especially towards the end of the season where we want them a little bit more fresh and kind of almost self-regulating. Um, that'll be exciting to see them kind of engaging with that. I am really excited to see how the Dari motion capture, you know, what we see from all the counter movement jump um, testing. And then the next, the other thing is, you know, we're hoping that potentially because we have that large area outside that we can get a 1080 sprint, um, you know, but that's, that's kind of fingers crossed if we, if we could find it in the budget. Uh, if not, maybe it, at a later date, but I think those are some of the the main things. And I think also I'm just most excited about our players getting into that environment and seeing it because we've done a lot of work uh, and play has been great. They pretty much designed the whole thing uh, with us um, and, and we're utilizing most of their equipment, especially for the racks and everything that um, <clears throat> I'm just excited for the players to get in there and kind of see their, their kind of the way that they look at it and the way that they're inspired by the, the environment and, and how much harder they want to get to work, so to speak, because it's going to be a beautiful environment. It's going to be very large, you know, I'm biased, but I think it will be one of the best ones in MLS, you know, uh, hopefully that's the goal. Um, and we're adding a lot of touches, even like wall accents and murals and things like that on the walls to, to make it look a little bit different. And, um, just again, to get the guys that the players are really inspired on a daily basis to be in there and doing their work, which we know will translate to the field, you know, from a health availability and, and overall optimizing performance standpoint. Absolutely. Excellent. And is that something that the, the academy, because you mentioned also that the, the younger uh, teams as well, is that something that they're going to be using too, or is that kind of designated for just the, the first team? So it's, it's actually going to be for all teams. Uh, we are going to have our entire club in this uh, brand new facility, <laughs> including front office and everything. Um, and so we have designed it with that in mind. So we have four academy teams, plus we have a reserve team. Um, so there'll be six teams using it, you know, on a, on a regular basis. We are also in the process of potentially designing a smaller little kind of auxiliary gym for some of our front office um, staff, but also it's right next to where the Academy locker rooms are. And it's almost an auxiliary for the Academy um, on if they need stuff um, on the non lifting days that they're scheduled to be in the gym. And then we also potentially are going to have kind of an, a, a box gym that we can set on the turf um, next to the pitches for the Academy, if they, especially for rehabs and things like that, if they want to do out on the pitch. Um, but yes, it, 
was designed with the thought in mind that we're going to have five or six teams using it like on a regular basis, which is, you know, what we want. Uh, we do want to have a little separation, but, it, you know, we also want to inspire that the next generation to continue to, to drive on and hopefully get to the first team as well. Absolutely. Excellent. And when you, when you put all this together, right, I would love to hear how you're going to use that. So could you give us like a, a dream scenario of a, of a session that you'd like to do in that gym? So let's say you've got your, your star players coming in, you've done all your, your testing and stuff, you know what they need. Could you give us an, just a, a theoretical example of, of how you would go about using that space? Yeah, I mean, I think it would depend on time of year, obviously, because there are different different times where we're kind of focusing on on different um, aspects uh, from the physical development side. But I think for me, I'm I'm most excited about using the VBT on a regular basis. I think our players are going to love it, um, you know. And we've tested some of it out here with some of our guys last year, and they, they really love the feedback aspect. And so for me, it's more about you know from the, from the strength, power, and speed standpoint, you know, if we have a star player who's coming in and we want to utilize that to keep him fresh, but also to to make sure that he's adapting. I think it's starting off with whatever power-based movements we're doing that day. And again, that's, that's going to be individualized based on um, any sort of movement screens, injury history, what, you know, whatever we find and that testing is all good, like you said. Um, but I think starting out with some power, uh, but being able to actually see the feedback on the BBT from those power movements is going to be huge. Um, and then utilizing everything else to build off a strength session. I mean, if it's, if we're doing our match day minus threes are our big days, uh, like work wise on the field. And so the way that I like to do the gym is, um, on match day minus fours, we do lower body push and upper body pull, um, because we do so many XLD cell change, uh, directions. So there's a lot more anterior chain and then minus threes. We do lower body pull upper body push because we're doing a lot of posterior work on the, on the, field so for me if it's a minus three then it could be any any sort of things from you know obviously posterior chain power we could do some olympic derivatives um <clears throat> excuse me some trap bar deadlifts whether it's a normal whether it's staggered you know you could go with a million different things obviously uh based on that but and then getting some upper body stuff uh our guys like to do upper body uh but you know depending on the position some of them don't do as much as others like our center backs and goalkeepers obviously and, and some of our center forwards who have to use their body a lot more um, and, and sometimes are more vertically based will do a lot more upper body um, work as opposed to auxiliary upper body for our wingers. So <clears throat> we'll kind of pair it with, say it's a trap bar deadlift with some sort of, you know, upper upper uh, push or press and then some sort of mobility exercise or some sort of, you know, core. And we'll do multiple blocks of that basically, you know, potentially, you know, some sort of single leg RDL or, or a variation of that. Um, you know, we do do Nordics all throughout the year. You know, we load up on the volume at the beginning and in preseason to get the tissue tolerance and then we'll maintain with, you know, one block of it throughout the year. And we will test that on the Nord board, you know, consistently to see where they're at to make sure that that is staying up. But so that'll always be part of the session as well. But, um, I think it, it really will be athlete dependent and it'll be fun too to have them in their groups because I think it will form a camaraderie because, because the goal is to have the groups be, players who are doing similar things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same position. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of times in the past I've had center backs all do the same, you know, type of lift and then individualize a little bit there, but we can have a center back and a center forward doing something that's similar and a goalkeeper in there and a group of three. And it just kind of goes back to that culture piece that we're talking about. It's one of the ways that we would like to continue to build the culture here is like not have the same guys always hanging out all the time, but like have them pair them up, whether it's in the warm up on the field or it's in the gym, 
not necessarily with the guys that they're going to go sit and have, you know, breakfast and lunch with, but they can share in that, have a little camaraderie, spark some competition, hopefully, especially with the BBT, with leaderboards, things like that. Um, and then hopefully that builds on itself. And so I don't know if I really answered the question, but uh, hopefully I did a good enough job as far as painting the picture. What, what I see in my head as far as what I'm the most excited about. Oh, absolutely excellent. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to get the idea of, right, okay, this is an amazing facility and it's, it's designed really well, but how are you going to use it? Um, and how does that feed back into the things that you mentioned at the start? So, for example, the vision of the of the performance department. Um, so it's really nice to hear how you tie that all in together. And it's not just a, a lot of loose things like we not we need a good gym. We've got good stuff. How are we going to use it? Like uh, that, that's obviously yeah. not the way to go about things. So it's nice to hear how you tie that all in together. So, uh, yeah, Adam, massive thanks for your time and effort. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, so on... Instagram is an easy place. Um, I, I actually don't do Twitter. I haven't for, for a long time. Um, people ask me all the time, but Instagram, you can find me at a par fitness, uh, is the handle. And then the other place is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm usually very receptive on either one of those. If you want to shoot me a message, uh, whether it's a DM on Instagram or just a, a private message on, on LinkedIn, I usually try and get to those on a regular basis. And, whether it's young up and coming coaches asking things or it's people who are existing in, in the industry and networking and things like that. you know, I'm usually um, pretty good at getting back to people and, and I love just connecting with everyone in this field in general. So um, feel free to, to contact me anytime. Absolutely. Perfect. So Adam, massive thanks. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to speaking again soon. Yep. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Adam for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you do at home too. Now, Coach Academy is an overgrowing library of sports science courses which are broken down into bite-sized chunks. And that breakdown means that you can fit it in and around your busy coaching schedule. Next to that, you'll receive a certificate of completion and that means that you can prove your ongoing education. So if you're interested in getting yourself into the Coach Academy, you can get in there completely for free for the next seven days using the link in the show notes. And if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you could recommend us to a coach, a colleague, an athlete or a friend. That means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.